Welcome to the Future Adjustment Chiropractic Economics Podcast Series on what's new and notable in the world of chiropractic. I'm Dan Sosnowski, the Editor-in-Chief of Chiropractic Economics, and our guests today hardly need an introduction. They're two of the most famous names in chiropractic. First, let me welcome Dr. Arlen Foer, inventor of the Activator Adjusting Instrument and president of Activator International. We're also pleased to welcome Dr. James Cox, the creator of the Cox Technique. Dr. Furr, uh, welcome to our show. I understand that you've known Jim Cox for more than 30 years. In about 40 now, I believe. Okay. Is it true that uh, he was one of your uh, inspirations in, in becoming an evidence-based chiropractor? Yeah, he, he probably doesn't remember this, but it was at a seminar several years ago, and he got up and did a presentation doing articles from the literature, and I was sitting in the room, and I said to myself, oh my gosh, we're behind. We have to get going here because uh, Jim has got the right idea in, in putting out his material in an evidence-based style, so he was an inspiration to me. Yes, uh, we've seen the, 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 the whole industry is, is heading in that direction, but we still do need, you know, leaders such as yourselves to, you know, really kind of blaze the trail and, 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 and show other people, you know, how, how vital and important it is uh, to, to work with the science on your side. I know, Dr. Ford, you've referred to yourself uh, a number of times as being an evidence-based vitalist. Can you explain that in a little more detail? Yes. <clears throat> I wrote an article here in Cairo Econ, as a matter of fact, to the students talking about vitalism versus mechanism. And uh, I made it clear that when I started the article that I was an evidence-based vitalist. And what I mean by that is I have a saying that the data always wins. And that goes no matter if you're in a court situation or if you're in a research setting or if you're in a government meeting or if you're before a board of examiners the data will always carry you and win the day and so that's what i meant by being an evidence-based vitalist absolutely very good well dr cox um welcome to our show in looking at spine care today uh could you give us your assessment of the status of spinal manipulation thank you uh, yes. Um, if you go back uh, in chiropractic 50 years ago, uh -huh. uh, we did not see the research, the clinical evidence-based outcomes that we have today. Who would have dreamt 50 years ago that you would see the Journal of the American Medical Association, the American Pain Society, the American College of Physicians, Harvard Medical School and others say that the first line of care for back pain is spinal manipulation and chiropractic. Now, that's, that's based upon research and clinical evidence out-based studies. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't see, for instance, VA hospitals having chiropractors on staff. We wouldn't see all of the hospitals today having chiropractors serve as the 
primary care doctor seen my back pain patients who then direct and triage the treatment of that patient. Mm -hmm. So I see that chiropractic has a tremendous future uh, that we didn't appreciate 50 years ago. Namely, that if we are seeing, and depending on who you quote, we're seeing anywhere from 8.6% of the public to a third of the public. Well, just imagine what will happen when the public learns of what we can do in chiropractic in the treatment of the most expensive ailment, the second most common ailment that people go to a doctor for, spine and radicular pain. So the future of chiropractic is great. The big problem we have is dissemination of true literature outcomes. That is, that the public, if you remember, sometimes they say it takes 17 years for a new concept to filter down uh-huh. to common knowledge. And so we have education to do, and I think that's taking place. Uh, um, so I think that um, the, the future of chiropractic is very, very bright. So It definitely is. And uh, uh, in addition to the the uh, studies and trends that you just referred to in terms of uh, the College of Physicians and um, other uh, MD groups are now issuing uh, guidelines uh, about back pain management and urging the conservative approaches first. The uh, Congress has passed and enacted into law something called the uh, Care for Our Heroes Act which uh, effectively authorizes uh, DCs to provide uh, upper-tier testing in the VA system uh, where they could not do that before. And as you know, uh, a a lot of MDs get their uh, training and residency in the VA system. And uh, we anticipate that as they see chiropractors working uh, as co-equal colleagues side by side, uh, that's going to in, have a very good trend towards uh, MD to DC referrals. That's so important. Well, that's true. Uh, that's true. But uh, think about this. We say that chiropractic is first-line care of yeah. spine and radicular component. But think about this. It is today last-line care. If you think of the number of spine surgeries done and look oh, yeah. at some of the papers that 50% of the people will have the same or worse pain afterward. It's only after that chiropractic becomes involved. And there are studies done that we showed that 70% of people had well over 50% relief in post-surgery continued pain patients. So these facts will not only take care of people with head back surgery, they will stimulate people to have a stronger chiropractic component before the surgery. That's Dan, true. this is what I was alluding to before, uh, that data always wins. I'm a fully credentialed VA physician. I started the chiropractic service in the Phoenix VA. And you know the problems that the VA hospital's been having. Uh, chiropractic wasn't one of them. We had a three-month waiting list for our service in the VA. And we had people there that had been through every medical procedure and when we came there, we were looked upon very, very, well, people were hands off. After we were there for six months, uh, the head of orthopedics came up to me and said, boy, are we glad you guys are here because uh, we are sending the stuff that we can't help to you. And I said, so we're your dumping grounds. And they said, 
uh, you might say that. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. How are they doing? He said, well, that's the surprising part. They're getting better. Absolutely. I just did a paper. Arlen, what you just said, Arlen, is so true. Just this morning in my PubMed search, I got a paper and Bart Green's on the paper pointing out that they did a study of women in the military with neck pain, how pleased they were, how successful they were. And I think it was only in two visits going to chiropractors in the VA system. So we're making a mark and that will continue to grow. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, while we're on this topic, uh, Dr. Cox, uh, the Cox technique uh, uh, seems to involve uh, uh, manipulation, direct uh, uh, physical hands-on uh, adjustment and manipulation uh, in conjunction with a table offering uh, flexion distraction. Uh, you know, flexion distraction has been uh, uh, kind of a, a cyclic uh, item in, in the chiropractic field. Where, where do we stand today with that modality? I started this technique in 1964. And the reason for its institution was I never, ever intended to be in research or in the lecture circuit. I graduated from National College in 63. I wanted to go back to Fort Wayne and, and uh, uh, live a very quiet life. Uh -huh. But it happened that I had a patient who I gave a lumbar roll to. And I found out that I'm not the only one this has happened to. They gave the lumbar roll, and the girl went to surgery the next day. And I, was, I, was, I said, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, And my stepfather, who was a DCDO, said, son, you may well be in the way of learning. And so I studied osteopathy and chiropractic, and I put together the two systems of spinal manipulation. And in the last few decades, this has grown to the point that all schools but one teach it in some fashion. The new Kaiser University, which is the first university in the United States that I know of that now has a school of chiropractic are using my work. They have two of our certified doctors teaching the technique there. And it is growing. We're having certified doctors and, and national are now using it. Palmer are looking to make it core curriculum. So to answer your question, the acceptance has been great. And then the question is why? Why? Yes. Well, and the answer to that is that every patient cannot tolerate high velocity, low amplitude thrust. Now, when you look at the age of people, and we are dealing today with spinal stenosis in people over 50, as probably, in my opinion, the greatest challenge to chiropractic today, that is spinal stenosis with or without degenerative scoliosis. These people can't tolerate high velocity adjusting. So to me, it's up to the chiropractic profession to consistently be supervising and improvement the quality of spinal manipulation. Because let's face it, the public expect us to be the conservative care of spine pain. So we consistently learn. Now, Arlen has a technique which is certainly not high velocity. Mine is. Certainly, there are many other techniques that don't involve high-velocity technique. 
And let's face it, there are conditions like DISH, advanced degenerative disc disease, spinal stenosis, yeah. ankylosing. They can't tolerate that. So it's up to our profession to serve the public and develop these new techniques. That's why I develop my technique, because it works. It gets cavitation when nothing else will oftentimes. Um, and uh, today we see that that technique is really gaining a, a foothold and making a, a very strong footprint in chiropractic manipulation based upon the fact, like it or not, that you see physical therapists using it consistently and writing papers on it today. Yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, to, to look at it from the other side as well, uh, one, one problem that, fa- that, that chiropractors face is uh, the high amplitude uh, thrusts can lead to repetitive motion injuries and, and, and truncate an otherwise promising career. And activator method and cock technique both, I think, offer uh, DCs a, a, a way to practice a lot longer themselves because it's gentler on, on well, the bodies. Yeah, I think Jim is right about this. <clears throat> We're serving right now a huge geriatric population. And in Activator, we did a study, and it's coming out of the University of Madrid in Spain, on osteoporosis. Is it safe to adjust osteoporotic patients? Well, once in a while in research, you get lucky. And the researchers there found not only was it safe to adjust something with osteoporosis, but also we can regenerate osteoporosis, the trabeculum in the actual bones. And so think about that. And I've seen it clinically, but didn't understand it, that we'd have somebody come in that was uh, an elderly person on a walker, and three months later, they'd be walking on their own. Now we're finding out that we actually have bone growth taking place. And that's, that's a big thing because of that geriatric population. The other thing is we just had another webinar here the other night, and NCMIC, the largest you know company that mature chiropractors said, the number one thing that they have for a, a, a complaint is a cervical adjustment. They said that's where they pay the most money. Well, in Activator, we keep them in a neutral position. We don't turn their head, and we just don't have that problem. So what I think we're doing in these techniques is adapting so the patient is the beneficiary. Very good. No, that's absolutely right. That is- if if we don't adapt spinal manipulation, somebody else will. And the chiropractic profession, the public think of us, we are branded, good branded, as spinal conservative non-surgical treatment. We must build on that as a profession, and we will only increase in our patient loads, our clinical outcome studies, and the success of the chiropractic profession. And Arlen mentions osteoporosis. Well, I'll tell you. You don't thrust on these osteoporotic people, and many of them have fractures, whether detected or not, Uh and you have to have some alternative form of spinal manipulation to treat them, and that's what Arlen's talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We'll even demonstrate it this week in our conference here in Hawaii. It's a tough detail. We're here in Hawaii doing this, but uh, (laughs) we'll demonstrate the treatment of fractures and osteoporosis and conditions that there's no way that you can deliver high velocity thrust to. Well, hey, since you bring it up, uh, yeah, you're both uh, speaking with me from the uh, island of Maui, I believe, and you're, you're going to hold a joint seminar tomorrow. Can you, can you give us a quick overview of, of what you're planning on talking about? Well, I can start. <clears throat> I've got a, I, I want to 
we've got a mixed group here. We've got Cox people and activator people. And I, and I mentioned to Jim that the last time I remember a couple of technique developers getting together was when I was invited as a kid to go to Japan with Clay Thompson. And it was uh-huh. Gonstead, Thompson, and D. Jarnett. I mean, that was the major force in chiropractic. Uh-huh. And so here was activator. I was just a beginner. But I learned from those guys many things and what they thought and what they did. And what Jim said before, how far we've advanced, Activator has 100 and, over 150 peer-reviewed papers, 26 clinical trials. And somebody said, well, that's not hard. I said, no, it only took us 30 years to get 26 <laughs> clinical trials. Those things take time to yeah, do. They do. And well, yeah, uh, I, Go ahead. We're going to, yeah, we'll have the joint seminar. And, and Arlen mentions uh, Major Dijonet. And Clay Thompson, I knew, I'm so old, I remember, I knew both of those gentlemen. <laughs> Learned from them so much in my lifetime and respected them. And today we're doing a, a, a combined technique, and I suppose many people are shocked at that. I'm not shocked by it. How else are we going to advance if we don't share ideas, you know? Well, I, I think it's great. The, the attendees there are, are definitely in for a treat, and... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be talking about this later on in their careers, but uh, how, how lucky they were to, to hear you both talk. And Dr. Cox, you've said that competition in the medical world of spine care demands expertise. Um, what is this competition, and how do DCs best compete with it? Look at this fact to begin with. Of all the people who have spine or radicular pain, arm and leg pain, 1% of them really go to surgery, about 2 to 3%. Okay. That means that over 95% of these people are wanting non-surgical, the best conservative care. That's the chiropractic contribution. We will build on that by continually increasing our clinical outcome studies. Now, you talk about competition, you rest assured there's competition in treating spine pain because depending upon who you talk about, I remember Stover Snook, a uh, uh, senior analyst with, with uh, uh, and at Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, said, can low back pain cost more than the national debt? Yeah. So, well, it's, it's not nice to say, but you've got both, both pain and expense in back pain. And so the, the agencies, the insurance companies, the third-party payers, yeah. the federal government are going to be interested in how do we get the best bang for our buck. And chiropractic stands at the threshold of answering that question. And, and that's why um, uh, the research is important. Uh, Arlen mentioned the research papers. Uh, in, in my stuff, I've been very happy, and I never dreamt that I would see to today the federally funded research that we see in, in our profession. In 1992, the federal government said they would fund chiropractic research as long as it's done in combination with a medical and osteopathic school. Uh-huh. And at that time, uh, Dr. Ram Gudavali came to National and John Toronto was the head of research at the time. And we were doing my work there. Well, when we came, when uh, Ram came uh, from University of Cincinnati National, 
we applied and got one of the first three grants from the federal government. And very interestingly, to carry your question just one step further, the first thing that Shannon Mulroney from, and Bill Clinton was president then, uh-huh. and um, uh, Donna Shalala was the head of HHS. Oh, yeah, you know no. what the first question, the first thing they said to us was, we want you to show us what happens when you do this spinal manipulation. We were all taken aback by that, but they wanted to see what happens in the human spine when you manipulate. And so our first study done from 1994 to 1997 was a funded Health Resources and Services Administration of the Department of HHS study to show that. And we found that five things happen when we use Cox technique in treating spine pain. That led to another study because the federal government said, interesting, they said, well, we want to do a study comparing this form of manipulation to medical care for chronic low back pain, which is the most expensive ailment treated between 20 and 50 in this country today. And so we did that, and our clinical results were about 250% better than, than uh, exercise and physical therapy mm-hmm. in treating radicular patients. That led to a third study on cervical spine. And these have all been published papers in referee journals like European Spine Journal, uh-huh. Trials, uh, all published papers. And to me, that's what our profession needs. Arlen mentioned the papers he did. I mentioned the papers we've done. This is what the world of medicine reads. That's who the knowers, the K-N-O-W-E-R-S, are going to look to to lead and pay for spinal manipulation. All right. Well, very good. Uh, uh, Dr. Four and Dr. Cox, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with us today. You've brought up some excellent points reflecting your long careers in the field, and you've given us an evidence-based perspective on the future adjustment. I'm Dan Sosnowski, and we'll see you next time.